welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Dr. Rosina Lacani, a psychiatrist specializing in the treatment of stress and the author of the book, Stress to Joy. Welcome. Hi, Rosina. Um, welcome to the show. I know you go by Dr. Rosina, which that's what we'll call you. And I got to know you through our group in Seattle, where we would meet on a periodic basis to talk about chronic pain, et cetera. And you gave one of the little didactic sessions that we have, and it was great. And then we've stayed in touch over the last couple of years since I've left Seattle. But yeah, your outlook is very interesting. You have written a book. Um, so you are a board certified psychiatrist, have written several books. One is from Stress to Joy. And we're going to talk about basic stress management, also bringing it into the workplace today. And you and I have somewhat the same approach to try to be more proactive than reactive when it comes to life in general, particularly with stress. And stress isn't really the problem as much as the reaction to the stress. So if you, if you could fill me in a little bit more on your background to some things that you have done, which is a quite a long list, but um, give me the top three. Right. First of all, I am so happy and grateful to be talking with you and um, through you, through your audience. Um, one thing that I would like to share is my calling to help more than a million people to be healthier and happier. Great. And, um, you know, and how, did, how, and how did that come about? What was your, when did you decide that or what brought that change about? Cause that's a big goal. Yeah, that was a big goal. And it started, um, some 14 years back. Um, after I uh, broke my right hand in a car accident. Okay. And um, as a doctor, as a psychiatrist, you know, you're always teaching other people, you know, they, you should do this, you should do that, and how, how you manage your difficulties and pain and stress. Well, I got um, the taste of my own. And um, uh, I had to apply a lot of those techniques that I was teaching other people in my life and many more. And so I learned a lot, a lot more. And I realized how important that was to be able to get through the most stressful time of my life. And so after that, I uh, had this calling that I want to take these tools and techniques to people before they get sick, before um, they have to suffer. So they are so resilient that anytime they go through uh, stressful periods in their life, they're able to get through successfully and transform their stress from a cause for suffering to an opportunity for growth. Right. That, that's a huge, it's a wonderful way to state that. I mean, I think we both think, see the same thing that, you know, stress isn't the problem, it's holding on to it and allowing the chemical reactions to occur. And you can, I mean, life is stressful. It's very stressful just avoiding stress. And we're going to talk about this first part of the show is just our concept of stress management. And I'll give you my somewhat simplistic view of it. And you're going to fill us in with your, you, what, what did you call it? The coping something? What was your term for? Emotional coping, coping account. account. Right. So I'm going to just briefly introduce my concept of it. And Rosina has a nice um, illustration of it also. But to me, stress management is two parts. First of all, the stress is the most stressful you usually can't manage. You know, maybe it's finances out of control or relationship out of control 
or just chronic pain a lot of times is out of control. So this, this most stressful stress is the stress that you can't control, but you can control your reaction to it. To me, there's two parts of stress management. One is like filling up a bathtub where the water coming into the tub represents the good things in life that are good, exercise, rest, vacations, et cetera. But the drain to me represents this plug that is anxiety and anger. And if the plug is wide open, it doesn't matter how much water you put into the tub, you're just simply not going to be able to fill up the tub. So that's my concept of stress management. There really is two parts of it. And I think as physicians, the way we handle stress is that we're just tough. And as you know, that's a major problem. I also think for lots of people, the paradigm of stress management is just being tough or get rid of the stress. But most of us are stressed. I don't think the stress management tools are that hard. And I really applaud you for being so proactive in, in your concept of what you want to do. So I'd like to have you explain your idea of the um, idea of managing stress. Well, I agree with you um, that um, there are some stressors that are not in your control and then some that are in your control. And uh, you cannot run away from stress because actually some stress is good for you. If right. there was no demand, there was no stress, there was no timeline, then life would become really boring and, and dull. Right. Um, so there's this, when you pick up uh, a weight and you build up the muscle uh, while you're doing exercise, if you pick up the right amount of weight, you can build the muscle. But if you uh, pick up the weight that is much higher than your capacity, then you would get injured. Right. So the best strategy to cope with stress is, number one, um, control the stress that you can control. And number two, mitigate the effect of the stress that you cannot control. And one of the concepts that helps me and a lot of my patients and my uh, followers is the concept of emotional coping account. Um, you have a bank account, right? Right. And um, you put some deposits in the bank account and some withdrawals from the bank account. Right. right. What would happen if your withdrawals are more than your deposits? Right. It would go yeah. negative. Right. right. And your checks would start getting bounced. Right. So there are some withdrawals that are um, in your control. You know, the... Um, the extra things you may be doing, you know, extra shopping or extra visitations or, or uh, some frivolous things that you may like to do, but they're not needed. Um, and then there are some very necessary withdrawals, like, you know, your rent or your car expense or your basic necessities of life. Right. So if you're, uh, if you're having some financial difficulty, you may stop the withdrawals that are in your control. You may say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to uh, take lunch from home most of the days and not eat out all, every day. That is something that you can control. Right. So you would cut those things down. And then um, you would start trying to find another source of income to put more extra deposits so that your account stays in balance. Right. Similarly, everybody has an emotional coping account inside them. All the things that cause stress or drain on you, they are withdrawals. And all the things that makes you feel uh, brighter and happier and expanded um, and wiser, those are your deposits. So 
to maintain a positive balance in your emotional coping account, number one you can do is you can keep putting small deposits every day, every day, every day. So your account is has a good, healthy balance. So in case there is a big stressor that come in your life, it can still stay in positive. And the second thing is that you um, try to stop the extra withdrawals that are in your control um, so that you don't have so many withdrawals. So this is kind of this act of balancing your emotional coping account that can help you cope with whatever stressor come in your life. I think what happens frequently is that we go into survival mode, trying to combat anxiety and anger. And we're always in a survival mode and the drain stays open and we're not spending much energy putting money into the account, right? right? Right, We almost forget what that's like. We forget what it's like to play and have a good time because we're so focused on the problems and everything around us that we don't build up the energy we need to actually solve the problems. Is that a fair statement? Very fair. And I use one concept, and this really helps a lot of my patients. And it is derived from... Um, that's Stephen Covey's uh, book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Did okay. you get a chance to read oh, that yeah. one? Oh yeah, several times. Yeah, so the, he uses this concept of a circle of influence. Okay. Um, that everything that you are concerned in your life are part of this circle called the circle of concern. Okay. Things that you're concerned about. You may be concerned about what our president is saying today, and right. you may be concerned about um, the accidents, and you're concerned about your own health. So there are many things that you may be concerned about. But out of all those things, there's a smaller portion of those things that are actually in your influence, things that you can do something about. You really cannot do anything um, to control what Trump is going to tweet today. <laughs> right, right. But but you have the control on like, you know, what you are going to say. Right. What you are going to do. So all those things that you can do are part of this smaller circle inside, which is, uh, which Stephen Covey calls um, circle of influence. Right. And I'm drawing it for my patients. I draw this big circle. I say, all these things you are concerned about. And then this is smaller circle inside. And this is, this is called... I can circle. So these are the things that you can do something about. Right. The more you focus on things outside this I can circle, the more drained you would feel. Like, you know, your energy right. would be drained and you can't do, make any difference. Right. But the, but the more you focus on things inside your circle, your inside circle would expand and you'd be able to influence those things that you're concerned about. So right. like using what you just said, um, your anxiety or anger, when you are angry, most of the time you're angry about things that are outside your circle, right. what somebody else is saying or somebody else is doing or things that are not in your control. Right. So the more you focus on that, you feel more angry, you feel drained. Right. So there's no energy left on focusing on things that are in your control. Correct. And so the technique I teach people is, okay, whenever you are having these thoughts, think about, is this inside my circle or outside my circle? Great. If it is outside my circle, what can I do? And what can, what can I focus on that is within my circle? And shift that thinking. The more you shift that thinking, the more empowered you feel, the less angry you feel, the less anxious you feel. Right. You know, I call it taking on the world suffering. I mean, a big factor, which I did not realize that I don't care what your political viewpoints are, but people watch the news all the time. 
between climate change and politics and terrorism, the news is pretty rough right now. And so what happens, people will actually watch the news all day long. These are people in pain and they'll remain agitated all day long. And when you're agitated, your cortisol and adrenaline and histamines and cytokine, all these stress chemicals go through the ceiling. And what that does, it actually doubles the nerve conduction and you feel your pain more. And I like this concept of your circle, you talk about the I can circle is what you call it. That's right. Okay, so the news and national, international events are actually outside your circle. And right. I ask people now to turn off the news. I mean, I, I, would, I will do, I'll limit myself to about 15 minutes to 20 minutes a day of one newspaper, that's it. I'll read just a headline because I want to know what's going on, but I don't, near, I don't near, need to hear people just bounce, pounce something into the ground over and over and over again. And the world's always been a tough place. I mean, as bad as things seem now, I remind myself that 100, 150 years ago, almost a million people died in a civil war on our soil. So, we, so things aren't quite as peaceful in the history of our country as we might think. And I'm not trying to minimize some of the things going on now, but the bottom line is you can't control things that are way outside your sphere of influence. So I think that's really a brilliant analogy. I like that a lot. And also what happens when you're agitated about things you can't control, you're keeping yourself in the victim role, which feels powerful. You feel agitated, but it doesn't help your peace of mind. But I think as importantly, which we haven't talked about quite yet, is that if that drain of anxiety and anchor or the withdrawal part is wide open, doesn't matter. Well, first of all, I think I'm thinking out loud here. You can't fill the tub. It's going to keep draining. But also realize as I'm talking to you, you don't even have the energy to turn the faucet on. You just right. don't do it. Yeah. Right? Right, right. And that's why, um, like, you know, uh, two things I, I'm just, as you were talking about, I thought about one of my patients' um, example. And um, she, she suffers from chronic pain and multiple medical problems. And um, she started doing really well after some, some time in treatment. And a couple of things she was doing was she turned off um, all these news channels and she was listening to uh, this uh, good, good news, uh, Gaia TV, and like, you know, things, inspirational, uh, motivational things, because most of the time she was in bed. And so she needed something to keep her going, which a lot of uh, chronic pain patients. And then if they turn on the regular TV channels, um, most of the time the negative things are coming. So right. there, are, there are many new resources that are coming out. They focus on uh, good things happening in the world and uh, positive things and inspirational things. And it started helping her <clears throat> cope better with her pain. Because what happens is that the pain and depression really go hand in hand. Right. And, and the pathways in the brain are also running parallel. So somebody who is depressed and anxious would actually feel more pain. Okay, right, and absolutely. Somebody, and somebody who is in pain are more likely to feel depressed and anxious. Right. And so like if you want to improve, if you want to feel better, do things that would make you feel better rather right. than doing things that would make you feel worse. <laughs> well, the problem is what people do. They say, well, if I could, if I had less pain, I would feel more like doing things that make me feel better. The problem is it's backwards. If you simply start doing things that feel better, then you actually will feel better. 
if you're waiting for the pain to go away before you start doing things to make you feel better, the pain is running the show, is center attention, and your pain has complete control of your life. And I have another website post called Moving Forward With Your Pain. The idea is you figure, figure out what do you want your life to look like? What do you want in it? Who do you want to be with? And just do it, pain or no pain. Then paradoxically, as you move forward, you use the pain circuits less, the pain drops down dramatically. But yeah, reconnecting with friends and family, um, moving forward, regardless of the pain, is a huge, huge factor. Let, let me go back to your, um, your coping account where um, you have the withdrawals versus deposits. What are some of the specific tools you recommend as far as um, stopping the withdrawals? Do you have other? I like that idea of the circle, which within your control versus out of control. I think that's really excellent. Are there other specific tools you have people do to try to prevent the drain of the anxiety and anger? Yeah. So let me kind of share you the basic formula of stress to joy. You mentioned that, you know, my last book was stress to joy. Right. And, and um, basically it's a, it's a whole system that I try to develop based on a lot of techniques that I have learned over the last 20 years. I have been a, a psychiatrist for the last 20 years. And although my major work is about medication and advanced treatment like TMS, I also focus on the whole person. And so over the years, uh, I have learned, okay, this technique works or this technique doesn't work. And I've combined them in a system, which I call stress to joy. So there are three basic steps of um, stress to joy. Um, uh, in the book, there's also more detail of it, but uh, the condensed form, I call it CPR. So like CPR in uh, general terms is something that can save a person's life, right? Right. Um, in uh, psychological terms, uh, CPR can also save somebody, uh, somebody's emotional life. And right. so C stands for calming down. Okay. And P just represents processing, what okay. is happening, what they can do. Okay. And R represents um, response. Okay. So when, uh, when something is happening, whether it's a chronic pain, so that's a constant stressor, which right. is preventing you from doing the things that you would like to do or you had done, and you're always kind of in this negative um, state that why, why me, why it's not happening. But the first thing that has to happen is to calm down that reactivity so right. that the, your brain can process things. Right. I'll use this example. So like you know, the other day I was uh, going to um, a workshop where I was presenting and on my way, I got lost. And I was getting so worked up. Oh my God, I'm going to be late and this is going to happen. That is going to happen. And, and so I called my husband. And so my husband and I was like, oh my God, I got late. I'm going to get, get late and I'm lost. And I'm so uh, upset at myself and how this happened. And so I was kind of getting really worked up. And what did he say? calm down and so until i calmed down my brain could not process what i can do next so once i calmed down then he said okay look around see what you see and what signs you see and then i told him okay i see this and this and he said okay well you are kind of a little south so take the expressway and go north and you'll be able to find your exit so the first step i had to do was to calm down so c for calming down okay then I had to process, okay, where am I, where I want to go, what is going on, what are my best options? So that was P for processing. Okay. And then R was for response. So then I responded by, you know, taking the next steps that would be needed to get to where I needed to go. 
So um, any situation, whether it is a relationship issue or a health issue or brain issue, um, a chronic or acute, you have to go through, and I've seen most people when they go through it successfully, is they go through these steps. They calm down so you can practice your meditation and mindfulness and relaxation exercises, right. progressive relaxation to calm down your body's reactivity and your mind's reactivity. Right. Then well, that's, that, that's interesting because you know when you're full of stress chemicals, adrenaline, et cetera, it actually shuts down the blood supply to your brain. Right. The, the adrenaline actually decreases the blood supply to the frontal lobe of your brain, which is the thinking part of your brain. Because it's, it's about survival and not being creative. Right. And you're just reacting, reacting, reacting. And you're right. Um, so it also fits the neuroplasticity model of awareness, separation, reprogramming. You become aware of what's going on to calm down. And then the separation process is sort of also involved in that calming down process. Then you redirect. But you have to calm down and be aware first before you can redirect. So I love that CPR, calm, processing, and what's the R? Responding. Responding. So, okay. Yeah. So in a stress man, you know, in in, in stress uh, studies, you find that um, whenever there is a there is a challenge, a stressor is a challenge. Basically, whenever there's a stressor or a pressure, the body reacts. Right. Okay? So um, when you are reacting in a knee jerk reaction manner without realizing, which is basically anger and anxiety and fear. Right it sometimes leads to further negative consequences. Correct. So one, there is a stressor that was not in your control. Now you are reacting to it without knowing, without realizing, and it is causing further stress reaction and you get stuck in the cycle. Right. So when you, when you calm down and when you process and when you intentionally respond to your stressor um, in an appropriate manner, you can reverse the stress reactivity to stress relaxation response. Right. So there was this whole, uh, you know, a lot of studies, you know, started with Hans Sally when, when he studied stress reactivity. And I think his book was um, Relaxation Response. Okay. It's like the same, re same event, you can have different response based on your ability to you know, the, the calm down and process. If you have, you have calm down process and you intentionally, you say, I choose, you know, I'm hurting, but I choose to go do this exercise within my capacity. I hey. did not go out and meet my friends and family, but I choose to call and talk to them. I choose to smile. I choose to do this and that. So when you are intentionally choosing, you become empowered. And like you, the word you use, victim versus victor role, right. you are able to shift from this victim that I have no control to victor. I choose to do this. Right. Despite all the problems. No, that's a wonderful way of putting it. I really, I really that's fantastic. So a couple things. Um, I... We'd be curious to how we access your resources. So your book is online from stress to joy. Is that correct? That's, that's, through, right. that's through Amazon. Yeah, it's also on Amazon. So I have, I have two things on Amazon. Uh, one is stress to joy. Okay. Uh, your toolkit to restore peace of mind in minute. I think I, I kind of shared that. Okay. Right. Then I have another one called um, stress to joy guided gratitude journal. Okay. And um, I came up with because one of the most 
simplest and most powerful tool that I have found um, that has helped me. And 14 years uh, back after I had my car accident, I started writing my gratitude journal. Right. And then every patient I see while I'm writing their prescription, I ask them, tell me three things you're most grateful for. And I have seen that that just that simple focus shift from I'm hurting here and I'm hurting there to what I'm grateful for helps people from going from negative to positive, some things that are working in their life. So that's why I came up with this guided gratitude journal to guide people how to develop that. But for uh, for the listeners today, I've also created a special gift that people can access my audiobook, the whole Stress to Joy audiobook for free if they access the link that, um, that they'll be able to get through your site. Um, I think it's, it'd be called um, stresstojoy.com front slash back in control radio gifts. And I think um, Tom was going to put the link in the, in the text. Perfect. And the other, so the other thing is you practice in Seattle, correct? That's right. Um, I have my clinics in Everett and uh, Mount Vernon, close to right. Seattle. But right now I am also doing a lot of um, video chat clinics. So okay. um, the, my um, executive video chat clinic is for people who don't have time to commute to my office right. or who don't want to come to a psychiatrist's office, but struggling with stress or anxiety or depression. I can help them from wherever they are. And how can we access that? Is that through your office number or how do we access your um, So services? yeah. So the, the clinic name is Shifa Health, S-H-I-F-A okay. dot org, O-R-G. Okay. And uh, contact. So you can go on contact and uh, request that they would like to um, have an appointment set up for a video chat. So, they, so you do telemedicine through yes, that definitely. service. Okay. And just to be clear, the telemedicine, because I know we have a sort of a national demand for your services. As far as you have to be actually be in the state of Washington to do telehealth, right? I mean, you have to have your license within that state to do the telehealth. There are a bunch of other states that accept the reciprocal license. Oh, they do. So okay. I'm able to see the patients in those states. Okay. Uh, and in and Washington, definitely. There's a list of state and uh, people, if they contact uh, my office, they'll be able to give them the list of states that I'm able to provide services. Perfect. Okay, that's a huge resource, by the way, because we don't have that many people that have your approach. And there's very few online services that do that. And Rosina is a fully, fully uh, certified, extremely experienced psychiatrist. It's a huge resource for everybody. And so if you happen to be the state that she works in or has reciprocity in, you're able to have access to really a full set of services, which I think is really wonderful. But thank you very, very much. We'll do one more episode with you, bringing these concepts into the workplace. But thank you very much for being on this portion of the show. And thank you very much to you. And thank you for the audience, for listening. I'm really grateful that I could be part of your life for this uh, period of time. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Rosina Lakani, for being on the show today and sharing her insights into how we can better cope with stress. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to come back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.